Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox. I'd like to welcome you to episode 8. Across the Board is a podcast on boards of directors and corporate governance. We take a look at issues relating to, to the board of directors and those who report to the board of directors. Today I have with me Linda Justice of Justice Consulting LLC. She is an expert on branding. We talk about the board's role on branding, how it deals with the perception of a company, the customer experience, the stakeholder experience, investors experience, and the employee experience. She uh, talks about how branding can help a company grow and how it can protect or harm a company's reputation. With a strong board and an ethical backbone, she believes branding will enhance customers, employees, and other stakeholders. We talk about some examples where branding uh, helps a company and how a board can oversee branding in the context of working with not only the chief marketing officer, but also others in the senior management and the types of things that a chief marketing officer should report to the board. Across the Board is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode of Across the Board, the podcast where we look at the board of directors, their role in risk management, and the role of persons who report to the board on all forms of risk. Today, I have with me Linda Justice. Linda has her own consulting company, and she focuses on and is an expert on branding. So I thought it would be a fascinating discussion to learn about how branding uh, it. Rather, the board plays a part in branding and its overall role of oversight of risk management. So with that somewhat convoluted and long-winded introduction, Linda, welcome and thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to visit with you. So Linda, why don't you start off with just a, a kind of a basic question. What is branding and what's the board's role in branding? Okay, so branding, um, you know, this is my unscientific response to it as a consumer, um, probably more than anything, but also in spending time with professionals um, who are in marketing and really focus a great deal on branding. Um, I did a quick Google search, um, you know, just to come up with a definition, and I think you'll find a number of definitions, but simply um, it is a, a creating a name or a symbol or a design that identifies and differentiates a product from other products. Um, But a very quick follow-on to that would be, it's the perception of a company, it's a customer experience, it's the stakeholders experience, whether it's investors, employees, board of directors, et cetera, um, investors experience. uh, And the, the, the vehicle for branding can be print or advertising or word of mouth. And then also, of course, as we've seen lately, it can be live. Uh, it can be a Twitter, um, you know, Twitter feed expressing an experience with a company or with a product. So, Linda, generally boards, one of the conundrums boards have is how to exercise appropriate oversight uh, yet not go too far into the weeds where they're actually either managing the company or doing the business of management. How would you suggest a board begin to think through their role in oversight around branding? Well, 
I think what I'd begin with is um, really making sure that they're in tune with and aligned with what a company's uh, ultimate goals are. Um, what is the product or products that they're selling? Who are they selling it to? What's the perception um, of the product um, in the marketplace? And I'll say depending on the industry, but really this probably would, would uh, be relevant to every industry very quickly, what are risks around that product, whether it's a potential branding risk or even something uh, uh, something tangible, um, such as if you're in food manufacturing? Um, you know, what are the risks of the sources of the food and the process and, and safety and so on? Um, so I think, as you said, they need to be big picture and not deep in the weeds. But I think as a board is providing general guidance and oversight they do need to ask, um, you know, what are some of the risks in uh, in reaching our audience, in miscommunicating things, uh, in in having our brand be tarnished in some way. So before I met you, Linda, I would have said branding is really just about marketing, but it really occurs to me you have a much more holistic and all-encompassing approach to brandings with such things as perception of the company by outsiders, the customer experience, the stakeholder experience, the investor experience, and even the employee experience. So mm -hmm. with, with that sort of broad base, who does the board ask about branding or who reports to the board about branding? Is it the chief marketing officer or really is it every uh, direct report to the board? I would think it would be the chief marketing officer, but with the chief marketing officer taking into account the other stakeholders with the brand. And what what really makes me feel so strongly about this is, you know, I came from an organization that talked about um, how its people uh, were its strength. And so think about that from a branding experience, that what they want to do is attract their talent and then retain their talent. And in doing so, they deliver excellent products and services to their clients. And that, you know, in a perfect world, and I'm really simplifying things, but that keeps the machine churning. And so think about that as you're attracting your employees. What are you telling them about your company? What are you telling them about, um, you know, about your products and services and how you operate and how you'll grow your talent, how you'll educate them, how you'll keep them invigorated, invested. And so the chief marketing officer, I would think, would want to uh, align with HR, for example, would, would want to align with ethics and compliance, for example. Um, you know, the stakeholder I just described is the employee. But if you if you extend that a little bit and expand that, of course, it's also the client, it's the customer. Um, one thing I feel very strongly about, it, you know, I've been following your blogs and your podcasts for a number of years, and I always got really excited about the concept of tone at the top and how critical that is for the success of an organization. Um, it's about top-down, but also bottom-up experience. And um, if you have, uh, you know, if you have a, a board or marketing, sorry, if marketing also understands where a company um, 
fits in ethics and compliance and can also speak that back out to their customer base. You know, we're an ethical company. Here's what we do. Um, you know, that sort of thing. I think that would also speak very, very loudly um, to the board and, of course, to the other stakeholders. So we've, you've got HR, you've got ethics and compliance, uh, and then just other um, other leadership within the organization. I think it all rolls up and it rolls right into the brand and the, and the experience. So you've articulated a couple of reasons that a company should care about branding. And obviously, one would be to grow the company from the business side of things. But I tend to focus on the other side, which is that it protects the company's reputation. And yes. how how can an example of, or can you think of rather of an example of where some sort of positive branding or just branding really helped protect uh, a company's reputation? Um, you know, this is very micro, this is such a micro example. Um, I just flew from the East Coast. I flew on JetBlue. Um, and we hear so much about the negative. We really do. We're, we're not necessarily hearing enough about the positive. And if we do, it can be very self-serving. Um, we've heard, a, you know, a lot about companies that people take right to Twitter um, to express their concern. Um, I have flown um, twice in the last few weeks and flew three different airlines. And when I was on JetBlue, I noticed um, just something about the way the, um, the, you know, the staff on board was serving their clients. And there was an issue that I sensed was maybe starting to bubble up. Uh, there was a couple across from me in the, uh, in the aisle who had a pet on board and the pet had not been registered um, to be on the flight. And so the first um, uh, attendant, flight attendant who approached this couple had asked them a question very, very professionally, uh, very quietly. And then she had to go and, and you know, I think uh, confirm some of the information that they provided. So I heard the couple chatting for the few minutes that this flight attendant was away. And, uh, you know, and I think they, they weren't happy about being questioned because it seems that the records that they provided had not gotten through the system. And so the second flight attendant who came and chatted with them was so professional and it was such a professional engagement back and forth between the flight attendant and the couple. Um, and I just remember thinking this could have gone angry quickly. And so I'm not much of a Twitter user, but this is one where when I landed, I actually decided we hear so much of the bad news. I think I just want to share back out that I had a really good flight. Um, and I did. So that's a micro example. Um, I think that, you know, when we hear um, other examples of positive branding, you know, I'll tell you, I, I tend to watch or listen to these things now as a little bit of a skeptic because I, you know, we hear so much of the negative that when we hear companies compensating on the positive side or what they've done altruistically and that sort of thing, um, while it's a positive, you know, we're in such a, um, we're in such a different world right now. Right now, that one example, that micro example is what comes to mind. I know there are others, but I just, I can't think of them right now. So the one that I usually fall back on because uh, it's burned into my memory, but it also, I think it's really one of the, the best, if not the classic, is the Johnson & Johnson response to the Tylenol scandal. And certainly okay. the... Um, uh, 
for those who may not recall that, uh, there was a um, an individual laced some Tylenol with cyanide and ended up killing multiple family members or members of one family. Uh, it was a um, premeditated murder. This was before they put uh, uh, caps on uh, aspirin or over-the-counter drugs, and Tylenol voluntarily pulled all Tylenol from all shelves in the United States. And Tylenol has reaped the benefits of their response literally for the last 30 years as being one of the most safe products that you can uh, utilize that's over-the-counter. But the thing, Linda, that struck me the most about their response, and I only recently learned this this year, was that when the scandal broke in the press, and this was in the late 80s, so it was a very different press, the CEO of of Johnson & Johnson was on an international flight and was incommunicado could not be reached. And the decision to begin to pull the all Tylenol from all shelves across the United States was literally made by his direct reports. And they did it based upon the tone he had set in a board meeting, which said, our corporate value is we will do no harm. And I and I point to that example because it, as a someone who counsels senior management and boards, that is, is one of the clearest examples of tone But when I hear you talk now, it also becomes to me one of the clearest um, examples of branding because that was the Tylenol brand. That was their ethos. That ethos was communicated. And so when the literally the general in charge was not available because back then you couldn't get a phone onto an international uh, commercial airline flight, um, the uh, his direct reports were able to uh, synthesize what needed to be done and, and do it, and in many ways save the brand of if not Tylenol or if not Johnson Johnson, certainly Tylenol. So that's usually the one I try to point to. Uh, I guess that's thirty years ago, and it's still to me one of the best examples. That is a phenomenal example. You're absolutely right. And I I do remember that time. And it's funny how we can tie that now. Um, Communication has changed and the press has changed. But that was clearly baked into their culture so that they were uh, mobile. You know, they were not immobilized. They were ready to act. That's a great example. And one of the things you said earlier really intrigued me as well, Linda, uh, once again, when I think of branding, I'm thinking of the marketing, I'm thinking of the customer experience, uh, but you really talk about it in terms of the employee experience and mm-hmm. the employee experience and, and how that can actually help a company not only attract top talent, but retain top talent and have that top talent then model the values or ethos or ethical values uh, of the company going forward. So it, it seems to me that it's it's much broader than, than just trying to sell a product. Absolutely. Um, it, absolutely. And I think that it becomes embedded in how that employee engages with their customers, uh, whether it's face-to-face or even if they're building a product that ultimately um, – you know, they don't see the the customer themselves, but they understand how the product serves their customer. For me, that's everything. You know, I've been an employee um, my entire career, and and I I just I believe so strongly in that, and um, and therefore when you really talk about tone at the top, when you talk about those types of issues, it can help um, drive interactions. It really drives employee development. And uh, and that pride in you know in the services or the, that they provide to their clients or the um, you know the products that they built, I, I definitely 
uh, it's everything to me. It's everything. So right now we're going through uh, a pretty big scandal for the uh, Weinstein Weinstein Company, the movie producers, and one of the founders, Harvey Weinstein, uh, has been let go by the company. And um, earlier this week, I think many compliance officers woke up to the fact that you know this may be a compliance issue. And I think many board members woke up to the fact that sexual harassment is not just about the harasser. Because as a colleague put to me uh, once, if people know what's going on but are afraid to raise their hands, that's as big a problem as the actual harasser. And it appears that was a situation at the Weinstein uh, Company. So you also talk about branding uh, to employees, not simply about uh attracting and maintaining and, and developing top talent, but also the employee experience in being able to raise their hand. Absolutely. Um, th- I think this is a very good, very timely example. Um, from my lens, what I see is that some people have now spoken up. Um, and I think we're seeing more and more of it. I see a lot of articles now that talk about it's not just in Hollywood. Uh, this exists elsewhere. And it's not just in, um, you know, filmmaking companies, but this goes on in organizations everywhere. And it's not just necessarily sexual harassment. It can be other um, other behaviors that directly con- contribute negatively to the employee experience. And so while I think um, I think ultimately we'll see what the long-term shakeout of this is, does it create cultures and environments where people are speaking out now earlier when something has occurred um, to, you know, to number one, prevent it from occurring and then to remedy it quickly, maybe to investigate and remedy it quickly. Um, you know, we'll, I, I think we'll we'll see we'll see how that shakes out. Um, but in the meanwhile, um, we are seeing people speak out, and to me, uh, I immediately do think of corporate America, and you know, what does this mean for them if you know if there are going to be more people speaking out? And uh, again, it can be it can be a number of issues, but um, things like this obviously really uh, impact. Um, not only the person who uh, is, you know, reportedly being harassed and the person who is doing the harassing, but think about that dynamic and how that plays out um, in what is their professional relationship? Who's picking up on that? Um, uh, What is not getting done as a result? Um, You know, think about how much time it takes to even... um, you know, takes away from going through a corporate investigation. So, of course, I am a big proponent of uh, let's prevent things to begin with. I love a code of conduct. You know, I, I love I love seeing those things in place. And maybe this is the kind of thing, Tom, that will get companies to wake up. They might pay more attention to advisors like you who are talking about how important tone at the top is. Um, you know, it's something that uh, that is in the mainstream press. It's not in, you know, some unique industry publication that won't reach the masses. Um, so I do hope that this um, that this helps, uh, number one, in prevention, but number two, as people um, are going through an experience that they can speak up and that they have a, a process that they can rely on that's confidential and and swift and and gets them right back to doing the job that they were hired to do. 
So, Linda, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but um, I've been visiting today with Linda Justice, who has her own consulting company, Justice Consulting. It does business development strategy and solutions to grow and protect your bottom line. We focused on branding from the board level and how Linda has advocated uh, branding in a much broader a remit than simply marketing, but all levels of the corporation. It's been a fascinating discussion. Linda, I look forward to continuing the conversation with you. Me too. Great. Thank you so much, Tom. It was a pleasure. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Across the Board. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would appreciate it if you would rate our podcast as it would help in our rankings and also help get the word out about the newest podcast relating to boards of directors corporate governance, and their roles going forward in risk management. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to contact me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope that you will join us again for another episode next week of Across the Board. Across the Board is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.